Welcome to Business Done Differently, where baseball team owner turned showman Jesse Cole speaks with successful entrepreneurs who stand out in business and in life by thinking differently and challenging the status quo. We believe whatever is normal, do the exact opposite, and that normal gets normal results. If you want to stand out and be different, this one's for you. Today's guest is Nick Cirillo, the founder and CEO of Nick's Pizza and Pub. Nick's is one of the top 10 busiest independent pizza restaurants in the United States. In 2012, Nick became a best-selling author with his book, Slice of Pie, How to Build a Big Little Business. Now Nick's speaking all over the country and teaching with the Trust and Track Leadership Institute. We're about to get an MBA today on Business Done Differently with a leader who's in the trenches and making a difference every day. Nick, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. I'm grateful to be here, Jess. I really appreciate it. Some good background. I reached out to you almost right after you you wrote the book. I was fascinated by your story. You were going to be the first ever guest of my podcast, and then we went through the huge challenges coming to Savannah. But now, finally, you're here. But Nick, I'm blown away by your story and the culture you've built. Can you just, for the listeners, give some of the context that you shared in, in Slice of Pie? Yeah, I mean, I really wrote that book really because I wanted to share you know, I read a lot of books myself, and I, for me, it wasn't about being a consultant talking about theory and the way things should work. You know, I really wanted to share my experience of how, as entrepreneurs, we have an opportunity to build what I call like those big little businesses, right? They could have a huge impact on people's lives, you know, and on business and the way we do business, but it doesn't have to be, you know, a Google or a Southwest Airlines. You know, we could do that, the everyday Main Street business could do what I did, you know, in a, in a pizza restaurant and the processes that I share. And I share those processes through the real stories of real people, you know, and how actually taking care of our team, making them front and center. It's like the reverse model of a hierarchy. You know, I'm in service of the team and really being clear about our culture by actually creating a purpose through the team. So we have a collective purpose and a collective set of values so that we've really intentional and clear about our culture allows us to create the culture we want in the organization instead of the culture instead of just letting the culture happen, which typically happens in organizations and and then all the things that support that. And it's been really good for me. I mean it's it's a big reason why we have less than twenty five percent turnover in an industry that has hundred and fifty percent turnover, you know, higher profit margins than most restaurants, full service restaurants like ours, all these cool things happen as a result, but first, the people are the first thing. I I think it's fascinating because so many restaurants fail, so many restaurants have huge turnover, and because they they don't know what business they're really in. And I always say this here, you know, we're not in the baseball business, we're in the entertainment and experience business. That's what we do every day. And you've said this, we're not in a pizza business, we're in the experience business. So I'm really excited to get into the culture, what you did, but share the story of how it really got tested in the beginning, and you made sure that the community, your people, everyone was on board. Yeah. Well, I did go through, like many entrepreneurs, I think there's, we're in business long enough. For me, it's been 24 years now. You know, we're in business long enough. We're going to get tested. There's going to be something that happens. I mean, it's just a cycle of life. And we went through a time, the Great Recession for everyone was hard. At the beginning of that recession, I was on track to open a third restaurant, and we had to pull back. The bank pulled out of that at the last minute which was fine. It just sucked all of our cash reserves out. So basically, 
we were surviving the two restaurants. We actually, we were making payments on the third restaurant for a little while, even though we didn't have it. You know, so so we did that in the beginning of a recession where sales went down and all these other things happened, right? We were making it through by doing well, one. I think key to that is that we're so transparent about our numbers. We have open books, right? The team is involved with our financials every Friday. You know, we were doing all these things that I just thought were the right thing to do. And that was a good foundation to actually, I didn't realize at the time because I just thought it was the right thing to do. But it ended up being, in a way, its own insurance plan. Because then we got into 2011. Here we are in one of our restaurants in Elgin. 2011, we learned they're going to build and open this huge Sam's Club, Super Sam's Club, right? And Walmart Center right across the street from the restaurant, which we were excited about. It's yeah. like, oh, wow, this is awesome. We're going to have all this traffic and, you know, more cars and we'll be right across the street from all that. The downside that we didn't consider as much, I mean, we knew that there'd be road construction and some stuff that would hurt business for a little while, but I didn't realize, though, that they tore up the street that we were on. It was a two-lane street and they made it six lanes. The county actually said your driveway you know, our parking lot was too close to the corner and they paid for it, but they took our driveway away and they moved it into the subdivision. And then we had to go, people had to go into the subdivision to the side of our parking lot. Now you can imagine the confusion that happened, oh. all the barricades, all the construction, no way to get in Nick's, you know, and Nick's Pizza and Pub in the Elgin restaurant. It was pretty bad. Our sales dropped over 50% that whole summer. Summer's our busiest time of the year. In 2011, it was it was really tough, and you know, and it was a tail in a recession, so things weren't great anyhow. I didn't know what was going to happen. We started sucking all the cash out. You know, too, probably. I went through a phase where all of a sudden now I'm doing a projected cash flow model. I never even did that before, but it's like I got to figure out. I got to get ahead of the cash flow, right? I got to look at what's happening over the next month. I highly recommend. Now I always projected cash flow, not just cash flow statement, projected cash flow yes. model. Highly recommend that for any business. And now I, I could see by the time we got to the end of the summer, they were actually going to open in a month and the construction was finishing. And I decided, I said, you know what? We really got to get the word out that people are going to, you know, that people come in. We did this big event and the construction promotion and it, it was a good event, but it didn't turn things around as much as we needed to, you know, and I woke up that Saturday morning. After that week, you know, and I was like, crap, our cash flow isn't much better. We're not going to make it. I really, the writing, to me, the writing was on the wall. I began, I just opened up my computer that morning, you know, to look at the numbers, and I just started writing a letter to our guests. I knew at that time about like 16,000 people on our frequent diner guest plan, you know, so we had 16,000 emails. I just wanted to send a letter to them thanking them for all the years of business and letting them know that we're going to go out of business. And I wanted them to also know that it wasn't the fault of my managers or my team. You know, I was just being honest and just putting it all out there. But uh, I think similar to you, I have this optimism thing that just, you know, seed inside me and doesn't go away. So by the time I finished this, it was just a page, but by the end of the page, come by, say goodbye to us. You know, love to see you. And maybe, you know, if we get enough people in, maybe we'd get through this, you know, I don't know. So either come in and say goodbye or help us get through it, whatever it is. And I feel, I mean, honestly, I was, I had tears because you know, I really thought this was the end. 
before I send it out, though, I brought it to my team. We do pre-shifts before the shift in the restaurants. And I said, hey, you know, take a look at this. You know, I think I'm going to send this out. What do you think? I want everybody to see it in our team before I do it. And the team is like, yep, this is what we should do. This is our values. You know, one of our values, open and honest communication. They said, yeah, you know, I said, okay, you know, we're on board. You know, so that Sunday morning, I thought, you know, before I send it out, I should at least, my writing's not that good. Let me send it to, you know, I have a, I have a PR friend of mine that I used like years ago and I sent it to them and I said, can you take a look at this? You know, you professionals, see what you think before I send it out. I sent, I sent it to a consultant I had. I also sent it to the bank. I took, I told the bank president because I was totally transparent to him. You know, the lady comes back and she says, you, there's no way you can't do this. You think you're in trouble now. You think you have a crisis now. You're going to have way worse crisis. You're being way too honest, she said. You're being way too honest. You're being way too transparent. You know? I was like, really? And she goes, yeah, I advise you don't do this. We could write something for you, you know, which they did. <laughs> and then on Monday, so she said, wait till Monday. So I did. And, of course, you know, what she wrote was, very much like a PR company, you know, it was like very sanitized. And I was like, I can't, I can't send this out. This is not me, you know. And, and the, by that time, Monday morning, the bank president comes back to me and says, Nope, you can't do this. You're going to, you know, you're going to have mutiny. Your vendors will do COD only, you know, all these things. So I was like, Oh, crap. <laughs> so I give it back. To, I go back to my team and I tell them, Here's what the professionals are telling us. We shouldn't do this, you know. And the team is like, yeah, maybe not social media. I mean, maybe not Facebook. You know, they agreed. It's a lot of crazy people on Facebook. But for our frequent guests, we think we should still do this, you know. And so, as you can imagine, I did it anyhow, right? I did what I my from our team. And that was a really, really scary moment. I'll never forget it. You know, sending, pressing the send button on that email. And the craziest thing happened. I sent it out to the 16,000 guests. And the thing, uh, within 20 minutes, yeah, we had people coming in, you know, a guy comes in and says, Nick, I'm here. To, I mean, he came in pretty quickly. I mean, I don't even know how fast he got that email and just came right over. Comes in the door and says, Nick, I'm here to support you. Phone started ringing like crazy off the hook. You know, we had local high school team, football coach, baseball coach calling in saying, we're bringing the whole team over. Can we, will you be open, you know, on this Friday? Can we come with the team? I'm like, yeah, we'll still be here for a week, you know, no problem. All that stuff started happening. We had a, a line outside the door for within an hour. We had a line outside the door, two-hour waits. The, we didn't post it on social media, but our guests took the letter and posted it on social media, and that went viral, hundreds and hundreds of shares all over the place. And the crazy thing, what the bank said, you know, the, the, our local vendor, the vegetable vendor, he, he delivered a whole week's worth of produce on the house. You know, the small guy, you know, the guy who probably has the hardest time affording, not the big national, you know, food guy. And, you know, I, and I had a voicemail that evening because we were so slammed. I couldn't answer my phone from the bank president. And he had said, uh, he goes, well, Nick, I guess you uh, went ahead and sent that letter, even though I told you not to. And, uh, well, as a result, our employees here at the bank are asking, what are we going to do to help next? And our customers are asking what we're going to do to help next. And our, my board president, my board is asking us what we're going to do to help next. So I guess we are going to have to figure out how to restructure your loan and help you out. And so, yeah, really, really amazing. We had 110% increase in sales for like the next five weeks. Hmm. I mean, that was before Kickstarter or anything. So like, <laughs> to me, that was, 
that was like the first sign of uh, the, my first experience of crowdfunding before crowdfunding. And I know you've shared that story thousands of times, but it says so much because A, back when you did that, authenticity, transparency wasn't even a word that was used in business. It was no. people were scared and you did yeah. it. And you took that risk. And what it did, Mick, it sounds, it built your culture even better on who you are because you were standing for your people, your community, you're being honest. And what happened from that point on, not only for the business, but really for the culture? Yeah. Well, I got to tell you, just the thing, the most amazing and blessed experiences I had during that time was these guests that would come in, I mean, a little lady crying in my arms, you know, I mean, the, the things that the guests were sharing, not about me actually, this is the gift. They were coming in talking about their server, Lisa, or the little boy with his dad that comes in every Saturday night, you know, their time, every Saturday night, their dad sometime, you know, pulling me aside and saying, listen, I'm here because of Maura. I'm here because of Lisa. The little lady, like I was saying, in the, <laughs> in the carryout, she comes in for a carryout pizza every Thursday and you know we have 16 year olds that everybody writes off as you know yeah. teenage you know whatever and and this little lady's like you know I was just telling the teenager's name is Shanda she goes I was telling Shanda who I come in here for every Thursday right I know Shanda she knows my order I love her this is why I come here I was telling Shanda that this story is like that movie the Jimmy Stewart movie right it's a wonderful life and Shanna has no clue what that movie is because she's too young, you know. <laughs> and then she starts crying and gives me a big hug, and you know. Uh, but it's all those stories about the impact my team was having with our guests that was above and beyond any expectation I had, all because of really focusing on delivering on the Knicks experience, our purpose. That's the experience, and and then. It just reinforced our value and how important our values are. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of business owners, right? Where you, you start, you go through a, a, a testing point in your business. And I started asking questions to myself. I suck, right? Yeah. It's like, okay, I should be selling steak. Maybe I should sell spaghetti. You know, what am I doing? Like, I do too much training, right? All these questions of how did I screw up? And by the time I got done with this, I'm like, holy what we're doing is actually the right thing. What I need to do is just scream it more from the rock, rock, rooftops. Yes. I need to get up there and say who we are is really the most important part of our business, yeah. starting there. And, and that's so that was a big lesson for me. It's for huge. Sure. Stories are everything. And I yeah. believe all companies may have their core values or their values, mm -hmm. but do they have stories that back them up? And I think what yeah. you understand that I've started to realize over the last few years, the role of the leader, the owner, the CEO, is to share those stories every single day because it builds, it reinforces yeah. what you are. And I think what you made a great point, Nick, is people were coming in and talking about our people, our employees. Yeah. Everyone needs recognition. And you know what? It goes even further when it's not necessarily from the leader, when it's their customers. And I guarantee right. yeah. your people, you're sharing those stories over and over again. So. You know, in building these values, I'm just fascinated. What are some of the unique things you do to build who you are so you can share even more stories? Yeah, no, that's a good point. It's been such good work. It's actually turned in that training and the things that we do at Next has actually turned into another business for me. And I just got done doing this with a, a company out in California. I think the important thing is 
although the marketing department's got good ideas, this is not a marketing department initiative. You know, this is a human initiative. You know, and it, so you know what we do is what's really important. It's not just top down either. The values and our purpose was not Nick telling everybody what my purpose was. It was a collective from our team, and I think that's a missed opportunity. What I found to be valuable in the companies I worked with and, worked in, and what we did at Next is we took a real slice team of the organization. We took, you know, entry-level positions. You know, for us, it was our busboy, dishwasher, didn't matter, a cook. We had them be a part of the process. We also had middle-level managers a part of the process. We had men, women, young, old, you know, different ethnicities. So we, we want to give every group a voice, right? So that's, you know. What, what does that mean, part of the process? How is their voice, you know, utilized? Yeah, so that's a good point. So what we do, part of that process is that actually we have a structure around the creating a purpose and creating values. But the structure around creating that process is to go off site, spend some time together and find out about these individuals, what their individual passions are, what they're in, what they care about. You know, some of the choices. Why are you working here, too? Why? What brought you? We typically pick the high performers, right? The ones who are enjoying work and doing a good job. And then we find, because of that process, that questioning, and all of a sudden, you find that we're, we have all these similarities, right? Oh, I love teaching. Look at all the people that love teaching, you know? One of our values is ongoing learning and development, right? I love kids, you know? We all love family and kids, and you know, so part of our purpose is our dedicated family. You know, so that process of finding out these individuals and how we came together and what's important to them, that's the nucleus of our collective purpose. I love it. So so, um, you, so you built this purpose, the pub values, you put it right on your website, which is great. So many websites, so many companies don't put who they are and what they stand for. Yeah. You have it on there. I want to talk a little bit about a few of those. So you mentioned, well, first of all, the experiential learning and the orientation. What is the unique about your orientation? Because everyone is onboarding, but it's how do they do it unique to get people really excited? I got to tell you, the opportunity for us in business, especially we have more of that opportunity in everyday businesses like ours to create meaning at work. Work doesn't have to be this separate things in life that I've always been attuned to creating a meaningful life for the people that worked in the organization. So that's what purpose does. And values do. So what I did that work myself, seven years after I was in business, you know, I didn't start out that yeah. way. I, I was like, okay, we have to have purpose and values integrated and sewn in the fabric of everything we do. So that's why orientation starts out with sharing, here's our values. Now let's actually have people get off the charts and start writing and, and share stories, like you said, right? Instead of sharing stories with each other about how this value might show up in your life. Mm. Here we are at work, right, talking about orientation, but actually we go back to the team and start asking them questions about life and then how they feel. Again, we're creating that connection to the value, to each value and to the purpose. And they see, they get you know, a real heartfelt experience of, of what that's. So that's, that's what I mean by experiential learning. It's not a teacher. It's not a computer two-way thing you know it's put it into their life so they can actually it's interesting because for us nick our core beliefs our fans first way is always be caring different enthusiastic fun growing and hungry 
and we share a lot of the stories that happens here, but it's also like, all right, let's talk about your life. Some things that yeah. you have, what have been the most caring things that have happened to you in your life? You know, what are the most enthusiastic people or what have you done that's enthusiastic? So get them to actually feel it. Is that what yes. you're saying? It's exactly what I'm saying. Okay. It's got to be more, you made a really good point here because it's, it's got to be more than an intellectual exercise. Yeah, you get it. It's got to be more than just here, read our values, you know, write down some questions. You know, it's got to be in the heart and soul experience mm. so we can feel it. We, we can, can feel the warmth and around it. And I love it. I want to go through a few more values. And then, Nick, we're going to play some games because I told you, here it's a circus. Our players do choreographed dances. We have a senior citizen dance team. It's wild. So we'll get to some games yeah. in a little bit. I guess on that, let's start. One of your pub values is we have fun. I would love some examples of how you teach that because here's the reality. People say, oh, it's really easy at the ballpark to have fun. You guys are constantly doing skits and music videos and dancing and whatever. How do you make fun a part of your culture? Mm -hmm. Really important. Restaurants can be really stressful, mm. right? A Friday night or Saturday night, man, a school bus unloads, right? It could be really stressful. For us, it's always been important to be lighthearted, to have a smile, what I learned about, you know, so that's where the value came out of. Yeah. And the unique thing that I learned is that fun is different for each of us. Mm. So what I had to learn was there's also a difference between fun and goofing off is kind of how we separate like someone doing something that they think is fun, but a kid throwing a dough ball right in the heart of house has happened actually, <laughs> you know, throwing a dough ball at somebody else, you know, that might be fun for the kid throwing a dough ball. But the other kid who gets hit with it, that's not fun for them. That's not dignity and respect. That's not the other, the rest of our values. So some of the things we do for fun, we actually ask, what is fun for you? And so the team will have, they create games, like in the beginning of our pre-shift, they'll create a game to do a contest or a game or a question or do things like that throughout. Can you, can you give an example of a game? Yeah. I'm not that good at it. So here's the funny part. Like we do these surveys, right? 360 surveys, and I do them on myself. Like, how am I as a leader? And uh, I got, I'm being honest here with you, transparency. I get scored the lowest on having fun <laughs> at work. Well, here's why. And I, I learned this. This is funny, Just. I'm like, what do you mean I got scored low? I have fun. I'm having so much fun. And uh, they're like, Nick, you're like, you know, you're always learning. I go, well, that's fun for me. Like learning is fun. That's that's where I get excited about. And they're like, okay. You know, they give the sideways look like, okay. You know, that's, yeah. and so, so anyhow, just a little disclaimer about. So actually the host did a game where it's a really improv. They do improv on because we have microphones. We don't give, like we get on a wait. We don't give our guests a buzzer or a number. Right, we give our hosts a microphone, and actually, a lot of it is we're at the ballpark, or they're doing like skits, like improv skits, with the other hosts. Because we'll have like three hosts or four hosts on, you know, on a Friday night when there's an hour wait. They have a game where they have to create more than just a word, like a whole improv. Uh, all right, Smith party, party of four. You know, come on up, Cubs fans. This is you know the. They notice they had a Cubs shirt on or something, you know, so they're creating like a whole little skit. Then they'll hand them off to the other host and they'll do something with them about who's your favorite player. Okay, we're going to go over here. You know, so they're just having, I'm not doing it justice. It's no, a lot yeah. more fun in the moment, but, you know, so that's, so that's one example, right? They're doing things so the, like that. So the hosts are more like real, like hosts of a show and that's kind of their yes. interacting, making it yeah. fun. 
what about in the back back of the room? Is there anything or the back of the kitchen? I guess you would call it. How do yeah. Well, yeah, the heart of the house. Our yes. restaurants yes. Uh, have a heart of the house. We don't have, we don't have kitchen. The kitchens aren't the back of anything. I don't yes. get the back of the house. Yeah, thing, good. But... Sorry, I'm, I'm not in that <laughs> world, as you know. Yeah. So in the heart of house, yeah, they'll have like contests, like with pizza making. They'll do who could, and actually, there's in a way that's kind of good because it supports productivity. But they'll do like how many pizzas could somebody get done in five minutes, yeah. like a contest and there's always somebody at the end of the line checking pizzas to make sure that they don't get sloppy. Yes. But they'll have little contests like that. They also have singing games. So we have had a couple of kids that are in performing arts. So they'll create a song for different pizzas, right? And they'll sing like for this pizza. Okay. We have to all sing this song for that pizza. We'll have to sing that song. Okay. So things like that. Yeah. Um, they've also created songs. Actually, just, I just remember another one they created. Every night, the guests have to sing one of the songs for Christmas, like the 12 nights. Yeah, 12 Days of Christmas or something. 12 yeah, Days of Christmas, night, and they yeah, get a free appetizer. Oh, nice. So, yeah, well, so things like that. They, well, they do. It, I think it's so important, Nick, and I know like we always talk about like the growing and learning. I'm with you. Like We have a better book club for our people that we pay our people to read. Like We are into that. But the fun is something that's really not talked about in business much, and especially like we have 150 game day part-time staff that work yeah. you know, doing concessions, work selling beer, doing all that. And I'm intrigued on, on the making it fun. And I think you're right, singing songs, how can they make it where it's not the same old thing over and over again? So I'm intrigued by that. And on that note, we are going to play our first game. All right? All right. So yeah. it is it is called our sing-off. We do it at our stadium. 2,000 fans in one grandstand versus 2,000 fans in another grandstand. We play a song. Oh. When it stops, you have to finish that song later. Okay? So right oh, now, we're doing it with you. All right? <laughs> and there's no competition, but the song actually fits kind of what you are about, what you've gone through a little bit. Are you ready for this? Yes. All right. So when it stops, finish that song lyric. We got each other, and that's a lot for us. We'll give it a shot. Oh, halfway there. Oh, uh, playing, uh, something, playing in the air or something like that. Living know. on a prayer. <laughs> living on a prayer. Bon Jovi. Yeah, living on a prayer. I like the playing in the air. I think that's yeah. a good one. We could go playing in the air. I like it. Living on a prayer because we've got uh, each other. All right. You're talking about your group. You got each other, the culture, and you were living yep. on a prayer when you sent out that email. So that was strategic. Yes. Yeah. On totally. why I put that out. All right. I'll give you second place on that one. How's that? All right. That's good. <laughs> all right. Hey, I want to finish up with a few other things. Obviously, we talked a little bit about having fun, but I'm really intrigued a little bit. You talk about growth and the things that you're teaching as far as leadership. What is your specialty, your expertise? Because you've built this culture. What do you get passionate about teaching? You know, actually, I think what we just did, right? It's amazing how many CEOs, owners are worried about being vulnerable, right? I suck at lyrics for songs, right? I mean, like <laughs> my girlfriend and son, they make fun of me all the time, right? But here I am up in front of my team or on a podcast. I'll step into it. I'll say the wrong words and I'll be vulnerable. That's okay, you know, and let's have some fun with that. Yes. You know, that's one of the things that I think is really important this day and age. Transparency and being real as a leader, right? It's hard. It's not easy. It's uncomfortable and it's real important. You know, what I did with that letter. It's just super important right now. What I've learned and, you know, 70, I have 200 and something team members, right? And, and 70% of them are under the age of 25. What I've learned with this younger generation, 
they're awesome. They're great. I got tons of stories about high performance and how they go above and beyond. The entitlement thing is a very rare thing I come across in our culture. I think the difference, though, the difference to my point is that this generation doesn't have a lot of trust in authority. And why should they, right? Look what they've been brought up with, right? In the news every day, there's all kinds of teachers and presidents and priests and I mean, all of the bad news with authority in our culture, in our society. So of course, this generation is questioning leaders and saying, wait a second, are you really, do you really do what you, do you really live the values? Why should I trust you to be in charge of my career and my future? I don't know that you're going to do something, you know, they, they, that's innate in them. So leadership today, it's important that we have to be transparent. We have to own where we make mistakes. Uh, failure is actually uh, making a mistake, and that kind of failure is actually a great thing as long as we could take away, here's, here's what I learned from it. How do you yeah. teach? How, so you showed that unbelievably with your customers and your guests. How do you mm-hmm. show transparency on a daily metric with your people? We actually have a feedback loop, right? We have three different types of feedback that we teach as well in our other business and at the restaurants, right? So again, we're integrating purpose and values in training, orientation and training, everything we do. We're also teaching our team how to be coaches. We're not just saying be a coach, right? Part of coaching is coaching, what we call coaching in the moment. We'll ask, what's one thing I did well today? And we'll have a dialogue, Jess, you know, at the end of, you know, in this podcast, what's one thing I did well today? And if we could replay this podcast and start it over, what's one thing I could do to enhance my performance? And, and I you do that every, this, every day with your people or every day the well, leaders do it? We do it in the first 10 days of training okay. every day. Once they're certified and what they were hired for, then we do it randomly. Okay. Then we might do at the end of a Friday night, the end of a Saturday night, you know, intense, busy times, mm-hmm. we'll do it for sure. And we might do it one-on-one or we might do it with a group. So, or somebody's getting certified to a next level, right, of another thing that we'll do feedback loops mm-hmm. to certify them in that next level, right? It's a great way for us. It's also a great way to get to know mm-hmm. this new team member and have them feel accepted, supported, and successful, mm-hmm. right? Three really important things. So the feedback loop, anything else? You said you mentioned three things. Yeah, the first one's a feedback loop. The second one's performance feedback. Yeah. Basically, one half of that feedback loop, it's not as much time. Like, so it might be in the middle of the game, the middle yeah. of the shift. Yeah. One thing that I notice you do well is ask great questions. Yeah. And I'd like to see a smile more. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so that's, that's performance feedback. Cool. Yeah. Then the third one is direct feedback. Direct feedback is five words or less. Great smile. So there it is. I see those big bright teeth. You know? awesome. <laughs> I'm listening. Yeah, yeah. That direct feedback one could be recognizing something positive or course correction, but it's awesome. five words or less. Just quick, really right to it. Awesome. Transparency and culture every day. Yeah. And I think also you have open book management, correct? Yes. So everyone yeah. does everyone know the numbers? I don't know what level everybody knows the numbers. <laughs> the numbers are open. We have PLs posted. Profit and loss statements posted. We do fiscal huddles, you know, Fridays before the shift, you know, our shift, our game starts. There's so much correlation between like getting ready for a game because getting ready for a Friday or Saturday night is like game time. We talk about that all the time. It's like huddle up. Yeah. All right. 
you know, what are we going to focus on? How are we going to go out there and be the best? Yeah. Because people have choices down the street. They can go to 10 other restaurants, right? We, and you're always we on stage. Wanna... You're getting ready. Yeah. You're a performance. It's a performance. Yes. They're coming in. So many restaurants don't perform or thank people when they come in, thank people when they leave. It's just that yeah. doesn't happen. And yeah. it sounds we, like you've built that into your culture. Yeah. So yeah. one example is we have moments of magic. One of our moments of magic is entry and exit. So that means anytime someone's walking in the door, we say hello. Anytime he's walking out, we say hello or goodbye or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. you get the picture, right? That's another moment of magic is anytime someone's within five steps, we say hello to them. We acknowledge anybody within five steps. Another moment of magic is we answer the phone within three rings. Simple things that not many people do. Yeah. yeah. I I have one more good one I think you'll like. All right. Ready. It's the grandma test is a way we create more magic. The, the grandma, grandma test. test. What's that? The grandma test, right? Yes, the All grandma right, love test. It. And a real scientific. Love right? it. <laughs> I got you thinking now. Love it. <laughs> in other words, and this this works really good for the young hosts that we have and they before they come to work, right? And they supposed to bit you know, before they put on that little bit too short of a skirt, right? <laughs> Would you wear that in front of your grandma, right? Would you serve that for our team who's, you know, server that's going to serve it? Would they serve that to their grandma? If not, send it back. If you wouldn't wear that in front of your grandma, send it back. You know, wear something else. If you wouldn't say that in front of your grandma, don't say it. You know, so it's all those don't say it, don't wear it, don't do it. I mean, I know not everybody has, you know, some grandmas are pretty trendy, but for the most part, you know, when that comes up, we got to think, okay, your grandma's grandma then. A hundred percent. Well, you keep it simple. Yeah. We're actually recruiting, you like this, a team grandma this year. That's, we'll be in the dugout and take care of the guys. And again, how they're going to respect the grandma. Will the grandma bake them cookies when they go on the road? Because, you yeah. know, one big thing is we believe love your customers more than you love your product. Love your employees yeah. and your team more than you love your customers. And so we sp- try to spread the love. That's huge in what we do. So. I love it. Yeah. All right. I'm going to flip the script and then we'll finish with some rapid fire. So flip the script, Nick. I've been grilling you with some questions, even made you sing. All right. But now you are the host of Business Done Differently. You can ask me one question. Okay. What's your purpose? <laughs> we keep it very simple here. Our name of our company is Fans First Entertainment. So our mission is Fans First Entertain Always. And every decision we make is it Fans First. So in the secret that most people know is that our biggest fans are our own people. They're the ones that wear the merchandise, that call their parents when something great happens, that they're proud. So we put them first over everything else. So our purpose, we want to be the most fans first company in the world. And that's yeah. that's what's driving us every day. And, you know, it's a deep question, you know, your why, because I know you've read Simon Sinek. We've both been yeah, into yeah. that. It's deep. But you know what? I thought about it. We just want to make people happy. If people are happy, yeah. it's a better world. So that's why be, being fans first would deliver that. So that's I a love deep that. question. Yeah, Keep it simple. You're, you're, make, you're making, yeah, you have this opportunity to, I mean, not only the fans, but also the players, your employees, making them happy through this platform of baseball, which is such a great all-American sport. Love it. Yeah, uh, well, we have to really be different. Cool. You know, there's hundreds yep. of pizza restaurants. Baseball, to many, it's failing. The attendance is down. So we make baseball fun. We're very, we're yeah. not a baseball company, an entertainment company. You're not a pizza business, so we said. You know, right, how, right. how would you identify your, you guys? Yeah, I mean, it's... It is our purpose. You know, our dedicated family provides this community an unforgivable place to connect with your family and friends. They have fun and they feel at home. Family so, and fun. Right. There's nothing in there that says anything about pizza. <laughs> I didn't say, right? I didn't even say restaurant, let alone pizza. Yeah. What, um, what business are you in, but what business are you really in? And then when your people understand that, they're not just serving food. 
they're actually creating happiness, creating family. It gives them more meaning. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's how we're touching people's lives, making a positive impact and so needed this day and age. So needed. It's awesome. I want to finish some rapid fire to finish out here. All right. Question time. I love this, especially leaders who are teaching because you're doing this track and trust leadership. If you want better answers in life, you got to ask better questions. What are some of the best questions you're asking different leaders? I think some of the best things is what's inside them. I ask questions, inquisitive questions about why they're doing what they're doing. And I keep asking why to really get to what's deep inside there that brings excitement, makes their heart warm and has them feel like they're in the flow. I really want to understand that. So then when I help them, I could help that core human part of the person. I love it. Uh, All right. Now that's what I call service. You're in a service business. So what's the best service you've received or something that either your group has done that just stands out an unbelievable service experience? You know, honestly, I'm grateful for those, those little things, you know, just everyday experiences where, oh boy, I had, uh, I'm trying to think of a service in a restaurant or our team. I mean, our team actually wanted to, yeah, I have experience of one of our managers actually uh, helping a high school student, right, that is actually not even part of our team, but helping uh, do a fundraiser for that child who was sick. It's not necessarily to me, but it still influences me because it influences our whole company, you know. Yeah. Even at dinner the other night where the server picked up my girlfriend's coat, my girlfriend didn't notice it, just picked it up, put it behind her, didn't say anything, just picked it up off the floor and walked away, didn't ask for any credit, didn't ask for any acknowledgement. You know, just did the right thing, you know, and kept going. I love that kind of stuff. It's the simple simple stuff that goes a long way. But, you know, in our Fans First Playbook, Nick, we have all the stories that build who are, and we have them, like we have videos on them, we interview our people because the stories build the culture like we were talking about before. So I'm always intrigued by service stories. All right, yeah. last last few rapid fire. All right, tool time. What's the most important tool you have in your business toolbox? I would say the MIC Safe Space Communication Tool. What's that? So the MIC Safe Space Communication Tool from my consultant, Rudy Mick, we have eight elements, how we communicate intentional communication that we create. So we make I statements, we track data, be aware of meaning making, uh, speak my truth, my experience. We also name the moose in the room, <laughs> so to speak. And then we also pay attention to our our seven, our words, our 45, our body language, and our 48, our tone of voice. Because wow. the 45 and 48% of the 100% is tone of voice and body language. Wow. So that's all part of and then also have an intention impact match. Those are the eight elements of the safe space communication that we teach in orientation. So we're actually teaching our team how to create a safe space environment through that communication tool. I love this. We haven't talked about it, but if you want to create a better experience, create a better culture, the leader has to be getting better every single day. And you, you know, yeah. from consultant, from groups you're working with, you're constantly learning and getting better. It's not talked about much. You can't just expect you have to be you have to be evolving that much. And it sounds like you're doing that every single day. Yeah, it's really important. I think you know this intuitively, but I have found that the ceiling of the organization is dependent on the ceiling of the individual leader who's at the top of the business. If I'm not growing and learning and expanding 
my knowledge and experience, you know, the as best I can, uh, then my company is going to have a ceiling too, and it's not going to grow and learn and be able to expand. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it goes hand in hand. Really important. All right, final ones here. What's one thing you've done to stand out in business and life? Be of service first. See how I can be of service first. To me, if I can create value for other people, the value will come back to me in some way. So let me see how I can create value first. Unbelievable. And what are the best advice you've ever received? I would say something similar to that. Yes, I did have a teacher who really focused on creating value in people's lives first. And yeah, that was Rudy Mick actually had a lot of good teachings for me. So Love it. Yeah. It's, it's, it says it all. And finally, how do you want to be remembered? I don't know how important that is. I think I, I want to be remembered as a person who had a good heart and good intentions and did the best he could every day. Yeah, that's outstanding. It's interesting how you said it's not that important. So legacy doesn't necessarily matter. Legacy or impact, that's different for leaders. Might be, yeah. I mean, I for me, it's like the, they don't have to remember Nick Cirillo. Yes. You know, I want to make an impact, have them remember the people that I worked with and what kind of people they are now. Yes. You know, in their lives because of the work we did together. It's the um, people you impact. Now, I'll tell you, and Nick, from the first time I read your book, reached out, I'll tell you, you've made a huge impact on me. Uh, slice of Pie, the book, and the track and trust leadership. I mean, and even on your website, you got the values, everything you're doing. You're making an impact well beyond just your area in Chicago, all over the country and world. So, Nick, I certainly appreciate you being on the show, talking some wisdom and learning. How else can people connect with you or learn more? Yeah, thank you very much, Jess. You're an inspiration as well, and uh, you're one of the ones that helped me push to go beyond doing the work just within my restaurants, also doing this work for other companies, which has turned into the Trust and Track Institute. Yeah. So that's a way somebody could reach me. Is you know My Twitter is at Nick Cirillo. You could also go to the at trustandtrackinstitute.com and reach me or through the Nick's Pizza and Pub website as well. Perfect. Either way, um, those are all pretty simple. I'm all over, just Google me. <laughs> they'll, they'll find you. Well, we have a yeah. practitioner here who's making great things happen. Nick, again, thank you for being on Business Done Differently. Thank you. And thanks again for reading my book and making a difference yourself. Really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Business Done Differently with Jesse Cole, the Yellow Tux Guy. If you love the show, let Jesse know by leaving a review on iTunes or sending him an email at jesse at findyouryellowtux.com. For more information on the guest and topics of this episode, visit findyouryellowtux.com. Until next time, stop standing still, start standing out. <laughs>